0: Hi everyone, this is Dr. Jack Krasuski. I'm from the American Physician Institute and I'm here with uh, Xander Fryer on high impact coaching. And we're gonna talk about how to make more money, how to become more successful, how to become happier and how to become more true to your own self. So please join us for this episode.
1: All right. How's it going, friends? We are back with another great episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, my guest is Dr. Jack Kraszewski. Dr. Jack is the executive director of American Physician Institute that has been providing U.S. physicians with continued medical education since 2002, so 2002. API has developed over 50 medical education courses uh, in everything from psychiatry to surgery, anesthesiology, pediatrics, sleep. And he spends most of his time to le- lecturing to thousands of the most intelligent people in the world, physicians. API as a company has also grown consistently 50% year over year for the last. Four years. So not only has Jack studied the brain, he teaches others who study the brain how to study the brain better, but he has actually also built a business around it. So Dr. Jack's uniquely positioned to teach a lot on this. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Uh, in it, we dig deep on some of the craziest topics like how to find true happiness, the biggest mistake we make in today's education system, the Einsteinian way of thinking that is suppressed by today's society, and how to accept the negative parts of yourself so you can actually find find joy. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. Every week, my team goes through our reviews. And for every five-star review that's new, We plant a tree to restore the rainforest in Madagascar and provide a child in India one year of vital e-learning. So if you give us a review, you're giving back too. All right, how's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer, and we are back with another amazing episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And today we've got a good friend of mine, Dr. Jack Krasuski.
0: Jack, welcome to the show. Xander, thank you. It's great to see you. You know, we, we've talked in the meantime, but we haven't seen each other in person, probably for a couple of years now. So it's yeah. good at least to see you on video. So yes, I, I was, I'm really I was looking stay. forward to, you know, we've had some, um, you know, I, I, it's almost from the day that we first met, we've had some wonderful conversations. So, you know, I think I'm hoping that this will be a continuation of that trend.
1: Yeah, you know, we'll see where it goes, but we can never yeah. predict. The one thing that we can be sure of is I'm incredibly jealous of your beard right now. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's
0: my COVID beard, you know, and uh, it's just one outward manifestation of maybe even deeper <laughs> inner changes. So The, the you know, wisdom, the wisdom
1: coming it. out in, in facial hair is what it is. It is, it is yes. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, man. Um, so let's go ahead and dig right in. I think you know uh, you and I can can you know talk on the surface around stuff, but I think the most important question I want to dig right into and see where it stems from for there is you and I have had a lot of deep conversations around what success actually is. So I, I'd love to just ask you, how would you, someone, someone who's um, you know you've been through a lot of education yourself? Obviously, you're a doctor. You actually train other doctors, so you're the doctor of doctors. I like to call myself uh, the coach of coaches, but you're actually the doctor of doctors. Um, you know, how would someone like you, who's been through so much and built, you know, built a a, thriving, growing business as well. How would you define success in life?
0: Yeah. Let me, let me kind of share almost more broadly the way I think about it. So I I think, I think the most useful way to think about yourself is that you are a, a person, a being, a self, in the world yeah and so the unit is sort of like you within your life world um and everything you you experience and everyone you meet and then i think one of the unique uh, things about a human being is that we are creatures even before our ancestors developed language i think what already distinguished us as as a species was that we uh, we don't just encounter an, our environment and adjust ourselves to it and take advantage of it, but we actually actively alter it. Yeah. We are we we not only observe the world and manipulate it and interrogate it, but we change it. We create our world, and what I have found that a common source of of unhappiness arises from when an individual has a sense of lack of control, like they feel like they are at someone else's fate or the environment or their bosses or their families or their spouse or whoever. And I think the route to happiness is to understand that you are a unit with your environment. So when you encounter a problem, it might be Uh, The the way to think about it is that it's not uh, a shortcoming of yours. It's not a shortcoming of your environment. It means that there's some mismatch between you and your and your environment. I was
1: I was gonna say they're they're both good. It's just the misunderstanding that that there's almost a misalignment. Some there.
0: misalignment, some some bad fit. And I have to tell you, and this is another important thing for everyone to realize: we're we're all the same as human beings. we you know it doesn't matter whether you're a billionaire, if you're poor, whether you have high levels of education or very little. We're the same in that it's easy to forget how much control we have. Yeah. And so yeah. I've worked with, you know, physicians, my clients are mostly physicians who've been in practice for 10, 20, 30 years. And there's a lot of unhappiness among physicians and for physicians, you know, um, uh, physicians are highly paid, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in and, and yet at the same time, there are individuals who often have very little control over their environment. Yeah. It's sort of like a highly paid sweatshop. So for a lot of doctors, you're told when to come in, how many patients to see an hour, when you're done during the day. I mean, it's a very regimented uh, life controlled by outside forces. And then you have to fill out forms for insurance. And then you have administrators. And then you have to meet... Uh, you know, some pr- productivity quotas. So, so it's, it's a very like, controlled yeah,
1: itself. It's almost like, yeah, you're, you know, we think, okay, what makes you happy? Well, making more money and being highly educated will make me more happy. Well, physicians are highly educated and make great money. But the simple fact that they don't have control is actually the reason that, you know, things like physician burnout
0: exist. Exactly. So I think one component of unhappiness is a lack of agency, a lack of control over, yourself, you feel like you're not a sovereign individual, you feel like you are in someone under someone else's thumb, that somehow you're a victim of some some uh, outside forces that are controlling you in ways that feel, uh, uh, you know, in, in some way very unnatural and, and, and in some way unacceptable to you. And so what happens is so a huge percentage, and I've surveyed, you know, uh, my, the physician clients, huge amount of unhappiness. I remember, and this was a psychiatric conference a couple of years ago, I surveyed my audience and 19%, meaning one in five really said they were so burnt out they they would quit the profession. They would leave the profession. So half of the audience said they were moderately uh, unhappy and burnt out. And actually one in five out of that larger group said they were so unhappy, so severely burnt out and unhappy that they were ready to quit. Wow! And wow. now kind of think about this, like here are people, there's a physician shortage, a physician shortage, right? Yeah. If you ever try to get an appointment with your doctor and they tell you three months from now, I think we're all aware that uh, you know there, there's a lot of practices, a lot of medical centers are short on doctors right and and so that means doctors not only are they highly educated make a lot of money but their 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 they're world the world is an oyster to them they could just go and yeah they could walk across the street and get another job they are vastly needed vastly yeah. needed and on a very practical level seriously you can leave your job and get a job tomorrow morning yeah I mean, one of, of thousands of jobs. And if you're not sure where you wanna go, you could go local tenants, someone will pay you thousand dollars a day just to work like a day at a time until you figure out, get your head on straight and you know, whatever. Then why is there so much unhappiness? Why is there yeah. so much burnout? And I think it's it's this is kind of where I'm getting, this is my long answer to your short question <laughs> is because we think about ourselves and we often own that unhappiness, that dissatisfaction, that disappointment, the anger of our lives by thinking there's something wrong with us. If only, if only if I were this way, if only this was like this or like that. And we forget that we are uh, creatures in an environment. And we are the type of creature who chooses our environment and creates our environment. And so I think that Uh, I would advise everyone, anyone, everyone to always consider your agency. Figure out what is it that's making me unhappy, dissatisfied, angry, frustrated, whatever it is, less than successful in any kind of way, financial, emotional, any other kind of way. And then kind of say, well, you know, what is the fit between me and the environment? Sometimes you do want to change things about yourself, about your mindset, the things you pay attention to. Right? It's so easy these days to get really focused on bad news. There's always yeah. some news in the world that's either bad or it makes you angry and upset because it's something that you disagree with. And um, so, yes, you, can, you, you have a lot of things that you can change internally. What I pay, pay attention to, the kind of thoughts I have and my relationship to my thoughts and the behaviors that I choose to engage in but you know part of that is also looking at the environment what do i need to ha- find a better fit and again even among physicians who really in like is and i and i think they're a good example because they're example of people who really don't have much friction between moving from one position to another really no friction and yet many times they don't even think of that they kind of continue to stew in a very unsatisfying, maybe very demoralizing situation, and they continue to suffer in it without taking control to change R- that rather than
1: taking ownership of their environment and starting to change That's the right. things that they can't change. Either
0: change the environment you're in or seek out another environment. Yeah. You know, let's so the uh, route the to happy- happiness is that sense of 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 ownership, of being sovereign, of being an agent in the world. And again, you know, of course, if you know you're listening to me, you're like, well, yeah, that's easy for you to say, Jack. You know, it's like you're in a privileged position, I'm not nearly in that privileged position. So I do understand that. So, you know, you have to kind of take what I'm I'm saying and, and with a grain of salt or kind of with a, you know, kind of apply it to your own circumstances. But I think that most individuals, whatever their station in life, wherever they are in their career, it's sort of like, how do I either change my environment yeah uh, that my current environment or change into a different environment Take and i think control. i think
1: i think that's really i think that's really important to hit on you know now more than ever right like there's right. there's there's no question that like You know, there are there are some who are given better opportunities when they're younger than others that are not given great opportunities. But I use I use my mom as a perfect example because my mom's Pakistani. So my mom grew up, you know, in in Pakistan, dangerous stuff going on. And, you know, she was able she rather than, you know, staying in Pakistan and, you know, when she turned 15, she found a way to, uh, immigrate to the U S like escape everything that was going on there, come to the U S put herself in a better environment and an opportunity to succeed. And even as a, a woman, a woman of color in, you know, the, the sixties, seventies and eighties, she was able to get educated. She got a master's degree, got uh, was actually going for her PhD, faced a lot of issues as she was doing this stuff but she ended up building a very you know safe and stable life for myself and my sister and our family because of it you know and and you know i think the big thing that you're talking about here is like you know we we not everybody has dealt the same hand but at some point like we have to make the decision of either taking ownership of that hand or not and seeing what we can change
0: yeah and i think what's really interesting to me is that it, uh, for i think a substantial you know proportion of, of people it's not that they've considered taking control and making a change and then said no. It, you know I, I don't ride rather or not, you know it's too much work or something like that, I think that it's almost the problem starts earlier prior to that it's not even ha- uh, realizing uh, the the possibility. Of making a change as dramatic as as like your mother did. I mean, yeah, she, it sounded like she didn't just uh, emigrate with her family, kind of like the teenager in tow. That she was the she inspirator. was the one. She was the one. She yeah. was the one. So, and and by the way, now speaking, I'm going to speak as a business owner, you know, yeah. and I, who has a team of people. I think that the the, the people that are most successful in my company and I think across, you know, any kind of a business situation, they're the people who take initiative. Yeah. So I think a common, a common, you know, thing that, that could be a source uh, or a point of improvement for people is always think, how can I take initiative? Like even even uh, even if I don't think I can, let me start thinking down those paths. Cause once I have an awareness and almost make it a habit almost make it a habit. And by the way, this is what I think separates entrepreneurs from other people. It's just sort of, these are the people who take the initiative. And once you start thinking about life, like, so going back to my initial point about uh, uh, I'm a person, a self moving through the world. I actually kind of have that sense almost of like it being in motion. I'm sitting here in front of you, but I am in motion in this, in this case, mentally. I'm engaging in a conversation and one thought is, is following another one yeah. and we're engaged yeah. in a dialogue and kind of playing off each other. And, you know, even if I'm sitting and sleeping, time is moving on. My world is changing even as I sleep. So it's like I and my world are constantly in this dance. I'm constantly in motion moving through the world. I'm constantly exploring the world, either physically, I love to travel, which I haven't been able to do nearly as much. I love to just get out there. Like if if I landed in London today, I'd be out there walking for the next five hours just because it's like, wow, I want to explore this environment. And the same thing, I love to explore things conceptually. So I'm also like traveling through this conceptual environment of ideas and exploring and learning ideas, but it's like I'm constantly in motion. And I think... This is kind of like um, one of my characteristics that makes me, I think, a successful entrepreneur because it's that sense of initiative, of movement, of forward movement, of exploring the environment and noticing things. And there's um, a, a, a concept that I want to share with you. It's called uh, affordance. Affordances, these are, and I think about my world as being a space of affordances. Now, affordances means the pot space of possibilities and the, and what affordances are are they they show you both opportunities to move forward and threats yeah to avoid now why is a threat an opportunity a type of opportunity now if if a lion is eating me it's too late but if i hear <laughs> a, a, a lion roar half a mile away or i see a lion 100 yards away right that's why we have senses so that we have situational awareness far into the distance. So if I hear or see a lion, that threat is an opportunity for me to hightail out of there to, you, to save my For life. you to save yourself, yeah. That's right. So when I'm moving through the environment, it's like the, the it's constant, this constant uh, movement, navigation, and engagement with my environment. Yeah. Right? And I'm constantly seeing opportunities and threats. Which which is just as important, and sometimes more important to see than the paths forward, the paths not to take, because that can really lead to some damage. And you know, uh, one time getting damaged or killed that ends the show. Yeah. While opportunities, you can let go of ten opportunities and then grab the eleventh one because opportunities are arising you know, 10 times a day. And I'm sure, and I actually wanted to ask you about this because one of the kind of annoying things about people who aren't entrepreneurs is like, you can't go through the day without saying like, you know, why is this not work? Why why is this so difficult? Why is this so complicated? How come no one's doing this? Now, if I were to do it, I would do this, I would do that. And constantly like, you know, you're ready to start a new company, like, you know, four or five times a week. And then you're like, Hold on, I'm getting exhausted and every every every, every, new every brand names, right? yeah,
1: Every <laughs> morning I feel like I'm starting a new company. I'm like, oh, we could go do this, 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 and this. And right. I'm like, wait, wait, right. wait. Pump right. the brakes, like let's, let's get focused. Let's keep doing what we're doing. Stay right. the course.
0: Yeah. So here's another thing, and maybe this is part of like your initial question to me. What makes you happy? Well, I think one is that kind of sense of that the environment one can engage in the environment. And like I say, you can you can navigate through it, explore it, but then you can manipulate it in some way. You can interrogate it. Interrogation means kind of like, you know, kind of bouncing things off. Like, you know, if if, if I, you know, want to check my desk out, I can kind of pound yeah. on it. I'm kind of interrogating it. like, oh, it's not even solid wood. You know, but it's almost, it's almost the way
1: that you approach the world is like, it's, it's this curious playfulness about it almost, right? It's like, I'm, I'm in the world and I'm creative and I can manipulate the world, but the world is also a certain way. And if I pretend that the world is not that way, that's what creates the dissonance of unhappiness, right? It's,
0: you know, I think it's, it's, it is playful. And I think that now again, let's be realistic. It's not like life is nothing but fun and games and play, Right, right, right. But, but, but here's, I think, kind of how it relates to what we're talking about is the more you see those opportunities in you, in your environment, you become playful because you're not desperate. Yeah. You're not yeah. hungry. You're not like, oh, God, I hope this works out because, you know, I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage. It's sort of like success breeds success. Success breeds that kind of sense of, well, I don't know, I wouldn't say breeds it, but it kind of makes it easier to, to feel playful because yeah. you're not, you, you don't you don't need anything more. You know, you, you do it because it's fun and because you love the the challenge. And also, you know, I think because we wanna, we're, I think we're both like educators and we yeah. just love part of our expression of ourselves in, in, in the world is to express ourselves to other people and kind of share what we have learned and I think this is the way, one reason I think that you and I love talking together and kind of bouncing ideas, because it's sort of like, I think in, in our own ways, we explore and uh, the world and kind of create new things in the world. But then we want to share that with people. Yeah. Like yeah. If, I, if, I, if I had to keep it all to myself, it would be kind of like, well, you know, I don't feel like just keeping that's, it to that's myself. That's a little bit boring. Like
1: I want to make sure other yeah. people can experience this no, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, so let me, let me ask you this because I think, you know, when I think about this, you know, I, I really do believe there's a certain, there's a certain level, kind of like you mentioned when, when you're not worried about putting food on the table, you're not worried about shelter and, and, and the basic needs, um, to get there that you really do start to get to live in this place of, of creativity and, and joy and that real happiness that we're talking about. But a lot of people, a lot of people aren't there or they're striving to get there. Um, well, it's, it's interesting that you bring this up because, you know, a lot of people would say like a physician, like we were just talking about, well, a physician shouldn't be struggling to put food on the table and struggling to, you know, make ends meet. But like you mentioned, they are struggling for control, which is a basic need when they don't have the control. Um, so what, what, what would you say for, for everybody out there? There's a lot of people when we are going through education in school, our, our goal is to get to that point that, that you and I are describing where, you know, some might call it like we're striving towards self-actualization, where you're really getting to live that version of you. What would you say to everybody that's striving for that? How do they actually get to that point?
0: Yeah, um, let me answer it in this way. I, I have this concept that I really like, and I want to share it with you in the audience. And and it's my motto, never only get paid once. And by pay, I'm not only talking about dollars, but I'm yeah. talking about, you know, all kinds of being compensated in all kinds of ways, including, you know, in terms of satisfaction and learning. So let me yeah. give you the example, like someone starting out and, and, and just being an employee at a company and you're, you know, you got a desk, a computer, or you're working in the warehouse, whatever, and the boss tells you what to do. So if you do your work, and you you're do what you're supposed to, according to the standard operating procedures, you get paid,
1: yeah. so you get paid yeah.
0: once, okay. But now here's a way to have a mindset where you get paid a second time. So you kind of start looking at the company and you're like, you know, kind of in, interrogating in your mind, meaning, meaning questioning, assessing, analyzing and questioning everything. Like, why are they doing this so poorly? Why does this take so long why are they making me go through steps between 1 and 11 when it could you know i could do this one be one, 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 I
1: mean, like, and whatever. seven, and we're good yeah
0: yeah whatever it's sort of like don't they know that there's a, a computer program that does this like why am yeah. i filling yeah. out little pieces of paper or wh- whatever it is right so um when you're an employee it's almost like you're analyzing uh, the not only your position almost to see like how you can improve it now if you work for a good company they will be open to hearing from you and and then also importantly they will recognize that you're not just the average person doing the job that you are thinking you're you're kind of meta taking a meta view you're looking at the job and can like why is this like this could be done better yeah. because those are the most kind of valuable. You're, you're critically, critically
1: questioning the,
0: the critically structure and question, the process. Right. So now, so here's the outcome. You tell your boss and the boss says, that is awesome. You know, we're going to, I'm going to enter you for this quarter's bonus. Right. And then you go on and like every quarter you get some new idea. And all of a sudden you're, you know, a year later, you may be 26 and you are the boss of the 50 year olds because why? Because you're thinking critically, you're able yeah. to deconstruct the process, right? So this is, again, going back to the environment, it's not a physical environment per se, but it's a conceptual environment. You're able to almost navigate through and deconstruct the, the steps of the process and simplify or to train people to adhere to it better or whatever, you know, whatever. You're, you're improving the product or the process of making the product. And all of a sudden you're the 26 year old who's the boss of the 50 year olds. Or let's say your boss is not that type of a person. Your boss says, shut up, do your work. (laughs) Don't bother me. All right. Like who hired you to like, be, you know, telling me, they might might be threatened by you
1: when you start to do stuff, whatever.
0: So now, well, what are your options then? Well, you're kind of like, okay, you should already be thinking, this is probably not my future. Yeah. And then what? What are your options? You go to work for someone else who will be more open to your uh, interest, it, innovation, understanding, and, and navigating and creating your environment, which yeah, is basically yeah. the company's environment. It's almost like, you know, like if someone came to me, it's sort of like I'd be like, yeah. So you're 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 you're, you're really telling me you want to make me rich. Okay, that's great. Well, let me help you become yeah. rich you help me become rich i'll help you become rich because you're the kind of person i've been dying to work with yeah. because those c- people with those kind of mindsets are rare the other option yeah, let, me, is, let, me, uh, let okay.
1: me let me let's go back to that for a second
0: why why are these people rare
1: i mean this is you know speaking of shit you don't learn in college this is not a concept that's taught in school i i remember um, I was just reading uh, Albert Einstein's biography, and one of the things that he talks about is if education, if, if the leaders of education were uh, were able to uh, basically like allow students to critically question the exact thing you were talking about, critically question more, right? Not get upset when students, you know, questioned why this and why that, but actually uh, like allow that and enable that our society would grow and be fulfilled at a, at a, much vaster rate than it was before. Why is this not done?
0: Well, I, I think your question answers itself. And, and the reason that n- not more people are like this is because our ed- educational system, not only does not focus on it, I think it actively suppresses that, you know, so for example, can you, yeah. can you expand on that? Well, for example, um, one of the initiatives and I think it's important initiative is to help students learn to write better and so you learn to write these uh, kind of short essays and you're supposed to have an introduction introductory paragraph and the concluding one and three in the middle that kind of support I I remember that (laughs) right like claim this is my claim my thesis whatever and then I'm going to provide three paragraphs of argument now, this is both very good and, and but very constraining. So it's a good first step. It's like, oh, you know, you taught me like the basics. It's sort of like if I was learning to play tennis, it's like, hold on. Which, which way do I, which end do how I hold? How do I hold? The track? <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, got Okay, good. But after that, it should be like, okay, now how do you continue to master this skill to, in a way, be able to break past those uh, kind of constraints. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the, I think one reason this is historically educational system was built to, uh, to produce cogs, human yeah. cogs yeah. to work in the industrial machines. Yeah. And it's still under that legacy. We, you know, it, it's, it's, it's to build people who you know, um, you know are, are in a way kind of replaceable. But yeah. I think obviously the world is no longer like that. It's not been like that for a long time. So the edu- there's a mismatch between yeah. students and their needs for happiness and success in their lives and the way that the schools approach them and, and what they teach them. Which by the way, you know, one of my dreams and maybe this is one of yours too. I would love to someday start a school to kind of like, you know, if I can't find one out there that already works the way it should, then what the hell I'll do it, you know? But anyway, um,
1: by the way, I think I, I may have told you this before, but that is, that is one of my dreams is to either start a school or make so much noise that we can actually get into the other education systems and start to, to revamp and help them realize the way that they need to do this to, not produce cogs but produced individually individually contributing members of society moving moving forward so
0: that that's right Zener. those bureaucrats there are going to just welcome you and say what you want to come in and, yeah. and kind of like change everything we do and then probably eliminate our positions yeah come on yeah oh let me give yeah. you a big hug and bonus already no yeah i, I think the only uh, sometimes you do have to be an outsider you just have to sidestep those institutions that are kind of set in their ways and, you know, let them be, but there's always room for new, new startups and new ideas. And, and all right, and, guys, you're,
1: you're hearing it first, Xander, Xander and Dr. Jack Krasinski, you're going to be starting the shit you don't learn in college, college in 2030.
0: So no get kidding. ready, get ready. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Hold on. You want, want me to wait another decade? Come on. Um, I right, 2025. <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's talk more. But anyway, so let me get back to um, uh, where was I I was so I was saying like, so if your boss rejects your initial overtures, like, hey, I think I can make this better. Yeah, you move on. And you find another boss who's going to be like, hey, I want to play ball with you. And respectfully, I'm going to allow you to grow gonna make me money i'm gonna make you money
1: yeah and this
0: is kind of like i've got the resources but you got those ideas and maybe this is a good team or you just say screw this i'm gonna start from scratch yeah and then you start from scratch and i think but then that's the biggest challenge how do you start from scratch so another thing is i've worked over the years kind of just volunteering at different like kind of business um, kind of mentoring groups and, and and so forth and i think even a lot of people who are already in that in that mindset of like i want to start something they i, I think they they try to build like a huge structure like you know like i want to start a podcast or i want to start um, um, a newsletter or, I, or or whatever it is like, yeah you know and, and they build this huge structure that they can never get off the ground because they never feel like they know enough. And what you're I think the approach to take is then whatever it is that motivates you that you think that is going to be the service or product that you want to provide, start doing it immediately and for free. Like if you have some great idea about something and then you do podcasts on it or start doing, uh, you know, get on medium and, and write articles on it. To do blogs on it get on other people's podcasts and talk about it and if no one is interested well you know maybe maybe there was a reason that idea didn't exist because it's not. yeah all you're gonna learn people. you're gonna learn quickly you're gonna learn or all of a sudden people are like wow this is awesome and then you start by the questions that come up like you're asking me questions or like or people commenting on your YouTube, you know, uh, uh, channel or whatever, or commenting on your blog, wherever, and then they help you refine the yeah. ideas and actually allow you to find out what their points of pain are because you may be right, but you may be wrong. So it's that's, always- so. That's
1: something I really I want to I want to hit on that real quickly for a second because I think a lot of people think you know to start a business and if I'm gonna quote unquote launch a brand or launch a company launch a business I have to get my messaging right from the beginning because once I go put my 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 podcast or my Instagram or my YouTube out there I've got to get it right and what what you're telling me is I can actually you know I can actually go use this amazing tool called social media to go put things out there and see and gauge the response and it's almost like free market research
0: Absolutely. Um, And absolutely. I mean, another uh, one of my life mottos is, you know, or concepts is action learning. Yeah. Like you can never, ever uh, tell what the what the end result will be. You have to start taking those steps. Um, You can't like I have to get my entire team assembled and have everything, every detail worked out. Um, And some gurus tell me I have to have all of this planning done and and if I don't, you know, I'm stepping out into the dark and I'm gonna be eaten by the wolves, whatever. No, you start, you start your journey, and the journey, it's the journey that guides you. And you will often discover, and you will discover this among many companies too, high-tech companies, all kinds of companies, where they will start in one direction. People reject their product, they still have millions or billions of dollars of investors' money. So they're like, okay. Well, we could either give the money back or let's just kind of try something new. Well, we could go try this you know? thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You know, um, I I I like to point out that 3M, you know, like the makers of of uh, the sticky notes. Yeah. You know, it stands for Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing. No way. Yeah. So they were, you know, they were not, uh, they were not like a paper product or office product kind of company. So you know, you change with the times. I think it's more about the, you know, always moving forward. Well, like you mentioned, it's the it's forward. the
1: momentum. It's you, it's you moving forward through the world rather than sitting here trying to observe and understand it. It's, it's actually right. moving with it.
0: Or, or, you know, even like, uh, for example, maybe something like what you do, you know, it's sort of like, well, if I wanted to do some sort of like informational uh, coaching or whatever, and, uh, but you know how am i going to get people to pay me well the thing is no one's going to pay you right now so just start doing that start sharing your information start engaging with the environment see, see if learning. people
1: actually want it to begin with
0: what's that see if people
1: actually want it to begin with right you got to go put it out there
0: yes that's exactly it and then and what and what is it that what is it going to end up being and yeah. what's going to uh you know why does one of your uh you know, YouTube videos, you know, have, you know, X number of views, and another one has 10x. Yeah, it's like, wow, what, what is what, what is the marketplace trying to tell me? Another thing I learned as an entrepreneur, it's like, you you do have to kind of throw things out in the marketplace. And, and I've learned that you never know, you never know what's gonna be a hit. And what's not, I mean, I've been so wrong. it's almost like random, random, you know, um, uh, so, by the way, I'm so glad what was win that. and lose is just almost like random choice. I'm chance, so like, glad that you say that
1: because I tell my clients that, like, you know, they see like, you know, we've we've our business is, you know, basically doubled every year for the last four years. And last year we, we grew almost 3x. And and my clients are like, Xander, like, how do you all, like how do you keep making the right decisions? And I'm like, oh man, that is so cute. Like you know, for every right decision we make, we've made four wrong decisions. And most of the time, when I guess which one's going to be the right decision, it's not that one, right? It's like, I'm I'm almost certainly more wrong than I am ever right, but it's because we take more shots that we find the one that works.
0: That's right. And this is, by the way, very interesting. It's part of the larger phenomenon of like, uh, uh, you know, survival of the fittest. Yeah and um you know it's not so much that you know what's going to succeed the the environment right the product that is fit for the environment succeeds and the other ones don't succeed yeah they basically die they don't reproduce into the next generation and by the way this is a very fascinating kind of concept just as an aside this is how artificial intelligence now works you know it's it's basically you know ai it's like one algorithm Against the other algorithm, and whichever one wins becomes now the new champion. Oh man! Right, and then and then they revise that one. So it's like, it's so like got except more. it occurs in like microseconds, and yeah. you know these iterations of the algorithms, like you know rec- like like uh, uh, recognition of uh, kitty cats on on photos. Like it's which <laughs> algorithm works better, but it's a process of like uh, of the two algorithms basically battling it out, and then the winner becomes the new the new floor, and yep. then they they set up a new challenger against the champion, and it just keeps on keeps on going. Uh, obviously, um, uh, uh, evolution of mammals such as ourselves occurs much more slowly. But again, in terms of business, and this is like you know um, actually the point of like fail faster, produce more, fail faster because you're not the judge of what's going to succeed. You are the originator of that product or service. But the environment, meaning the marketplace, the people who are maybe your your prospective clients, they yeah. are the, they are the judges, not you. This
1: this goes back to what we you know how we started this conversation off today, which is you know true happiness or success really comes from that that happy medium between you and the environment right? And you could say that that's the same thing as a business organism for your business to be happy and successful. It's when, when you as a business meet the environmental needs and it comes together as one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, you amazing. know, there's, there's, uh, let me mention one other thing, cause it just kind of struck me from, from what you're saying. Like um, the other thing that I think is, is um, part of happiness is to so I, I talked about, you know, being in the environment and kind of making sure that there's a good fit. But I think it also means having a respect, a sensitivity towards and a respect for your own way of being. Right. So our mutual friend, yeah. Craig, yeah. you know, he's like the 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 guy who wakes up at four thirty in the morning. And he works hard, like and he. It's sort of like he probably like every five. I don't know what his increments are, but probably every few. It's like on to the next thing. Guess what? I am never going to be like that. And the good news is, I know I'm never going to be like that. I don't ever want to be like that. That to me would be hell. Like if I committed a bad crime, you would and you sentence me to that. That would be like a fitting sentence, like because that would be hell to me. But I do things in my way. You do your things in your way, so I think think I'm saying for everyone, you need to kind of respect the way that you move through the world, that you feel comfortable in the world. That doesn't mean you have to be satisfied with where you are. You should be growing and, and learning and whatever, but even there, you have different ways. People have different ways of learning and growing and engaging. Some people like to read books. Other people uh, like to watch videos. While other people, that's all too passive. They need to be, like, they'll call people like who are experts and say, "Do you mind if I ask you some questions?" I need. I
1: need to have a conversation. I, yeah, need, I need to, to have a conversation, right?
0: Right. Uh, other people will just kind of go for long walks and like all of a sudden, it all whatever. You, you. I think another uh, way to become happy and successful is to kind of have that sensitivity and compassion for yourself and all parts of yourself, not just what you think is good, things that you think are bad, things that you're ashamed about. It's all you. It's it's you. Once you start cutting pieces of yourself off, you're left like a cardboard figure, there's not much going to be left. Yeah, you have to let all parts of yourself back into yourself, have compassion for yourself. Doesn't mean again. If you think if you act like an ass, you may want to change that. But but accept, acknowledge that you know you are acting that way. You 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 acted like an ass. That you have to accept that you
1: can't change the fact that you acted like an ass. You can stop acting like an ass moving forward. You can change that, but you have to accept yourself for having acted like an ass
0: right and there and and realize well there are certain things that trigger me and i need to almost prepare for them or avoid them or whatever it is but it's sort of like have that kind of res- respect for yourself for your way of being there's no one else like you no one else ever will be like you and you have your own way of 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 being creative of relaxing of recharging of spending that energy that you've recharged, and and it's the best use of your time to express yourself in the world, um, and it kind of like it, it 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 because it advances your values and your life important life goals. Do you have? And a, I do think have having that to... sensitivity also, you're not always fighting yourself. Like I'm bad, I'm lacking, I'm broken. I mean, yeah, we're all all broken in some way, but it doesn't matter. You can still go out some of the most broken people, you know, uh, traumatized people, severe depression or bipolar disorder whatever have gone on to do great things. So no matter who you are, where you're starting from, it's that kind of, again, that kind of having the, respect the environment the way it is. It's not gonna change, it's not gonna just change on its own. Uh, Respect for yourself and then, and look for that fit and change the environment in the ways you can, respect yourself, pick the environments or change your current environment to match the way you are. You have a certain way of being, a certain way of seeing the world, thinking about it, of getting recharged, of, of, of resting, of working, of playing. And I think, I, I think listening, I mean, the, the, the start of that journey is just to listen to yourself and to regard what you hear back as being important. Yeah. And no matter who you are, where, what type of person you are and your own unique self, there is a path forward. Again, I'm not ever gonna wake up, well, I mean, if I have insomnia, I do sometimes get up and it's like, okay, it's like whatever, 3.30 <laughs> in the morning, I'm wide awake, I'm gonna get up just to read because I can't stand lying in bed awake, right? I'm including, yeah. maybe I drank too much coffee. But other than that, I'm not going to um, I hardly ever use an alarm clock because to me, I, I just I want to wake up when my body tells me to wake up. So, yeah. you know, uh, can everyone do that? No, a lot and for large parts, parts of my life. I couldn't do that either. But when I can now I do because I want to live the way that expresses me that it's my way of being in the world in a creative and successful and happy way. And I hope in a beneficial way that, you know, kind of a, where I can be contributing to the world in positive ways while again, doing it my way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, it's it's that perfect blend of the two that we're really looking for here. I yeah. Like question, so question for you, obviously, um, I think this is all stuff that I believe everybody should be learning a lot earlier for you. Obviously you've, you've been through a lot of education. What do you think is maybe the number one thing that you wish that we were taught in school? What do you think the number one thing should be?
0: Um, one of the things that I think uh, should be taught much earlier or taught at all is learning how to learn and you know I work with a lot of very smart people and even very smart people sometimes I have found have horrible learning strategies I mean I mean to put it bluntly they never learned how to learn yeah and so you know I do a lot of like um we have a lot of courses to help doctors prepare for exams and other professionals not just doctors but to prepare for exams And so one, one ineffective and very uh, draining way of learning is to just keep learning like facts, like standalone facts. And, and the way to really learn is to understand, again, here I go with the environment and the landscape, that whole landscape of knowledge. So what I learn, if I read something in a book or hear it or whatever, that to me is not knowledge, that's information yeah it's data that's been formed formed in informed information into something meaningful but until it comes into my mind i have and before i reflect on it and i'm like okay well how does that fit in with everything else i know and then what i do is i move from information to knowledge now i know it and the more i continue to reflect on it now i understand it yeah I understand how everything fits together. So then I don't have to, well, I take it back. I still have to memorize certain things. And in medical school, you do have to memorize a lot of things, but it's easier to memorize when you see it as all parts of something greater. So it's not like a million little pieces. That's why I'm not very good at remembering names because to me, it's like it's like individual like pieces of information. Yeah. But if, if, if I can see it as part of a greater process or part of a greater whole, again, as part of a landscape of knowledge, uh, then I could like absorb it all and it all kind of comes in. And then I have like a, an understanding of it. And then I don't have to try to remember uh, everything. So uh, now, this may sound quite uh, abstract, but I do think that there are very specific ways that teachers can help learners learn uh, to achieve uh, the the acquisition of knowledge and transformation into understanding in much easier ways.
1: Yeah. And I think and, and it, it's funny you bring that up because uh, I was just at a mastermind with, you know, Jim Quick is in this mastermind. I don't know if you know who Jim is. He's uh, like the brain coach for like Hugh Jackman and and Will Smith and all those guys. Um, but his book limitless is all about learning how to learn. And he says, he says, you know, if you, if you had a genie, you had like a genie and a lamp, right. And you would rub the, rub the lamp and that genie gave you one wish, only one wish, but it could be, you could wish for anything. Well, what would you wish for? You'd, you'd wish for unlimited wishes, right? So that way you could keep wishing. And he says, well, I, if you're thinking about this in the way of learning, if you could only learn one thing. What would that one thing be that you wanted to master? Well, you'd want to learn how to learn better and faster than everybody else because then you could learn unlimited things. Right? And that that's I think he the way that he expressed that importance was like, wow, that's really crazy. And that's something we're never taught. We're never taught just how to learn in school. And when we you know the the blunt force of information like you're talking about isn't working for us, we get bad grades, we get disinterested, and because of that we're deemed either slow or we're, you know, we're, we're you know, leave school because we never think we're going to make it, all because we're never taught how to learn.
0: Yeah. Well, you kind of threw me for a loop because my first wish I thought was going to be like the bottomless bottle of uh, of a glass of Guinness, but now I have to <laughs> kind of rethink that. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well, now that you have the unlimited wishes, you can you can wish for the bottomless glass of Guinness. <laughs> there anymore. you go.
0: That's true. Yes.
1: Amazing. Well, uh, Dr. Jack, I think we could keep talking for hours, but I want to respect your time. Um, you know, one last question for you, what's, what's on the horizon for you and where can people learn more about you?
0: Well, you know, I'm just plying applying away, uh, doing, uh, things through my company, American physician Institute. And, um, you know, I don't have any, any, any kind of, um, the books or anything like that to kind of share yes. with the audience. Uh, you know, maybe one day I will, because it is obviously you can tell I'm kind of passionate about this stuff. But if you just want to see kind of what our company does, you can look us up on Master Psych. that's P-S-Y-C-H, it's for psychiatrists, MasterPsych.com, just to kind of see the range of things that we do. And um, anyway, I wish everyone the best. And and uh, Xander, let me end on this note, because sure. I, I, I think i'm I'm really thrilled by your success and I'm really uh, I'm really happy for you know your audience and what they're doing. I, I think it's really, really important work. I think that we are going to enter a golden age of of coaching and tutoring and mentoring and training and and I think that that is maybe one of the things that for a lot of people is missing. It's like sort of like, it's not that we have a shortage of physical possessions, but the um, the kind of mentorship and, and coaching and training in order to navigate our world in better yeah. ways, in very specific ways. So I think that what everyone is doing that are your listeners, you know, God bless you. I think it's very, very important work. I wish you a ton of success. And anyway, maybe we'll meet again.
1: Awesome. I appreciate that, Jack. Uh, thanks a ton for being on the show today I know our audience is going to get a ton out of this and and we will do this again, don't
0: worry All right, Xander, thanks a lot thanks man All right,
1: that's all we have for today folks I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College and if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a 5 star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes we can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it so we really appreciate the support Thanks a ton.